0: You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English. This is the Roof English Podcast. My name's Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your company, as ever. I'm hoping that you are enjoying Easter. Glæthelæga Pauska, if we are still seeing that here on Easter Monday. But Easter, not even Easter, stops the week in Iceland. It is Monday, and of course that strand continues on the Roof English Podcast service. My guest today is Josie Gatons, formerly of the Reykjavik Grapevine. For the, for the second week in a row, we've got a former great right, partner, I'm in good
1: company. I'm following in the footsteps of my colleagues who've been on the show recently. It's Indeed. lovely to be here, Darren. Thanks Indeed. for having me. Well,
0: delighted to get you and your expertise onto the programme because, of course, working as a journalist in Iceland, as you have been, Um, you've got a real um, sense of the place. When did you come to Iceland?
1: So I officially moved to Iceland in 2020. So it was during COVID. Um, I'd been working and living here on and off for a few years before. But uh, yeah, it feels interesting to have come and permanently moved here during that time because Mm. um, it's just opening up in a way. We're still so soon after the pandemic really um, and so it's it's an interesting time to find yeah. your feet in the country
0: And yet Iceland was felt to have closed down less yes. or to a lesser extent than other countries.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's one of the reasons why I decided to come back at that point. Um, I'd been living in the Hebrides of Scotland in a tiny remote house with no internet and no uh, basically no electricity. So I was like m- maybe not the time to live here. Right. During a lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Iceland where pools are open. You can see some people. and uh, So Reykjavik yeah. is like Broadway. Absolutely. This Broadway. is the big city for me. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed.
0: OK, um, well, let's start with someone else who has really loved her time in Iceland. And this is Jodie Foster, who has been filming True Detective Night Country in Iceland with various other people. Uh, sometime in Reykjavik and sometime in Dalvik as well, I think, in the north of the country. Yeah. And uh, she gave an interview with, with her uh, her true detective colleagues to Roov last week in which, well, she certainly said all the right things, didn't she? Yeah, she,
1: she really, um, <laughs> excuse me, she really ticked all the boxes there. And I think, um, yeah, she really made a bit of a stir up in in the in Dalvik. Um, I know that all the residents there were asked to keep their Christmas decorations up so that they You could... wouldn't have to
0: ask me twice. No, I, I, I know, Christmas.
1: but lovely. Um, and also just, you know, this is so indicative, like this series being filmed here is so indicative of the, the changes that we're seeing in terms of the Icelandic film industry. Mm. Um, and it sets a precedent, I hope, for other big productions looking to come here and um, make these really special shows in these special places.
0: Well, I was talking to Odney Sen, the film scholar on the podcast, I think last week, Mm -hmm. and um, we were talking about Netflix and the fact that it's specifically on the film industry has been a really positive influence. And you might think, well, you know, it would work in competition. It would work against the film industry but of course so much of the not to mention the behind the scenes talent is going to be the same people and so it's providing a lot of opportunities for anyone who points a camera at anything essentially
1: absolutely you know and you have to remember as well this is not just a case of, of filmmakers which is a kind yeah. of small bunch but there's so many people involved in making a production like exactly. this from caterers to you know people who provide the transport so it's a fantastic thing for the country to see this
0: and strange i think i think it was in Dalvik where for a while there was a fictitious gun shop in the yes, in town. Because, of course, right. it was trying to replicate Alaska, an American town, <laughs> where you would have a gun shop yeah, downtown. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I'm, I'm glad that that didn't become a permanent fixture. I'm
0: glad it wasn't real.
1: Yeah, exactly. Essentially.
0: <laughs> uh, let's turn to Icelandair and the controversy over the Crew app. Now, the Data Protection Authority has reprimanded Icelandair for using... An app, which essentially allows and they would take issue with with this and the extent to which it compels flight attendants to rate each other's performance during their shifts, which sounds really creepy.
1: Yeah, it? I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a staff member and feel a lack of trust with your colleagues in mm. terms of, um, you know, always always feeling a bit watched. It's quite. I, I find it quite sinister, actually, the story.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that Iceland had, had said that it's not not compulsory in the way that the story had been presented. But the, the authority, the Data Protection Authority, saying that the app collects more personal information than under the previous system. I think there was a dedicated line manager who was on board before who would train and who would monitor right. the performance of flight attendants. This is about using an app, firstly, which gathers a lot of personal information, but mm-hmm. getting flight attendants to essentially, as some people have described it, spy on each other.
1: It's Yeah, and, and it's really interesting because I, I wonder, I mean, obviously there has been quite a, a backlash to this in the media, but I wonder whether or not our kind of familiarity with app format and, and data collecting in general is changing the way that we feel about mm. Um, products like this, you know, had this been introduced as like an email survey or something 10, 15 years ago, would people have gone, hang yeah. on a minute, do I really want to report on my colleagues like this? But because we're all used to using things that kind of take our data in different yeah. ways anyway, and we're seeing in, in the UK, there was just a, a ruling where they find TikTok for using um, children's data to sell ads, basically. Yes seems pretty harmless on the surface but again it's this kind of um this this laying of the land of, mm. of that being normality i think
0: and this rating of each other ideas well i mean it, uh, in the uk and here i'm a petrol head my head is composed entirely of petrol so i drive everywhere but <laughs> in the uk if you get an uber yes. apparently which is a form of hireable cab essentially the driver can rate the passenger as well as the passenger rating the driver. I just think that's completely insane. I'm, Absolutely. If I'm paying money for a service, why am I being <laughs> rated by the person I'm giving money to?
1: And, and you know, I... I personally take great offence to this because I have a terrible Uber rating because I'm never on time. You you order one of these things. You with, were
0: five minutes late y- today. Yeah, exactly. I, I and I'd say that... gently gently point
1: that, out that's this. I mean, I run on Iceland, I <laughs> doubt, and that's the case. But yeah, so it is a, it's a strange uh, place that we're kind of moving to with these apps and um, I'm kind of glad that the Data Protection Authority has pulled this one up and called it out and mm. um, hopefully Icelandair can make those changes that they promised to.
0: By the 28th of the month, I think. It's 28th yes. of April is the deadline line that they've been given. So we shall see if... And it is quite specific in terms of the... I mean, the Data Protection Authority is not saying we don't like the idea of this app. It is saying that the principles of proportionality and fairness as it relates to data collection, as I understand it, have not been met. Those principles have been violated. So there are specific things here for Icelandair to fix yes. by the end of the month. And that, of course, may very well happen. Hey, Thor's back. Thor's Thor back. has returned. This is the, the walrus... <laughs> Um, who is quite fond of Iceland, it seems. Now, he had been, he'd made his way as far as uh, uh, Breithdalsvikur mm-hmm. in February, having been in the UK, having sailed, what's the correct verb? You, 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 don't, if you, you don't say, you swim, I suppose, <laughs> don't you, if you? Having swam yep. <laughs> around the UK up, <laughs> up, up to Iceland. Uh, yep. We then thought at that point, I say we you know we all became experts on the behavior of the walrus didn't we absolutely we thought that he was going to then go further north to as meet his walrus he's friends he's meant
1: to do uh, he's a very confused walrus it seems but a very famous one at this point he's been in uh, most uh, you know national media here as well as the guardian in the uk yeah. he's a big star
0: and he's back in iceland he has been lurking on the pier at uh, thorshop so possibly he just feels at home there because it bears his name. He's in Thor's Harbour.
1: Yeah, that's it. We've, we've made it too cosy for him.
0: We, we have. And he um, he's, uh, he's being protected a bit better than I think he was last time. It was something of a novelty. Yes last time and lots of people were crowding around him which was you know stressing him a little bit as you can understand
1: yes i mean he's quite they are able to of course determine that this is the same walrus he's got these particular markings on his flippers so it's not just a case of several walruses turning up and all going by (laughs) the same name no no (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely him it's the same guy
0: definitely him and as you say there's lots of evidence of his previous visit because this is a story that made it onto the BBC in the UK, at which point the walrus became briefly internationally famous, I think it's fair to say.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, this is a fun story, of course, and, and it's, it's wonderful to get to see these sightings of these, these animals. But there is a kind of serious side to this as well. Yeah. There have been warnings from climate scientists that essentially... Um, as things start to go awry in in the northern waters and around the North Pole, um, we might see sightings like this more often as animals are uh, forced to search further afield for better food sources and so on. A, a
0: local in the area, Bjorn S. Laurison, has said that if he comes to Thorshavn, he has a peaceful harbour and does not pay port fees (laughs) is the line that I was looking for there. So (laughs) (laughs) the the suggestion is that the walrus is there because he can basically sit there rent-free for a while.
1: Free ride. Well, fair play to him.
0: Fair play to him. And let's stay with animals or at least the natural world because a story that we published on... I think it was last friday Mm -hmm. it's only a couple of paragraphs long and it related to a video of a black goose which has made its home in in Reykjavik such a popular story
1: i I mean it's (laughs) incredible how popular animal stories are this was one of our sort of favorite genres when we were at the Reykjavik grapevine as well um and of course over easter all you want is the light stuff so this this goose has become incredibly popular and so he's he's darker or i'm saying he we don't i'm not presuming the goose's gender um and <laughs> there has been some discussion about whether or not this is through some kind of genetic work or has it happened you know after the fact is it environmental um melanism as it's called the sort of darkening in animals is it's quite common i'm digging into my zoology degree here now because I'm getting invested in. Yes,
0: I, I shan't be digging into mine on the basis that I don't have one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'll let you take the floor on this.
1: Um, and I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why this can happen. And, and uh, sometimes it can be uh, evolutionary beneficial as well to animals. Yeah. But at the moment, this this guy's on his own. He's a bit of an anomaly and he's quite I, fun to spot. It,
0: absolutely. But the, again, there's a potentially serious side to this. And it doesn't seem to be the case here, but we have had stories before of incredibly cruel people colouring birds, you know, using marker pens or paint or whatever. Now you'd have to be pretty brave as well as cruel and stupid to try that with a goose.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't get close to a goose if I was asked to. It's uh, they they make their distance from us quite known, I Yes, think.
0: they Yes, they, they make their presence felt and, and their dislike of us uh, known as well, I think it's fair to say. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the steering group which is in place to try to, I guess, learn lessons from the travel chaos that descended on Iceland over the course of perhaps an unusually severe winter but nonetheless, when you've got people stranded as we saw again at Keplavík last week in fact, 2,000 yes. people waiting hours to get off the planes
1: Absolutely. because
0: it was so windy when you combine that with lots and lots of snow Mm -hmm. and the main road indeed the only road to the airport closes you get the sort of chaos that we saw in december and january and so the steering group here um basically want to improve the quality of snow removal the current service doesn't actually take into effect the amount of snow that has fallen yeah and is and is likely to fall so I mean, I guess anything that improves that service relative to where we were has to be. <laughs> has Absolutely. To be a good were thing.
1: you caught in it yourself, Darren, trying to get back Do to here anything? Well,
0: I actually moved here permanently um, on the 23rd of December. But I'd been in Iceland a week before, okay. And so I, I drove my car out, which I which I'd already bought by then. I left it at Keplivik Airport on the 18th and managed to get on that flight. So I, I you know, got mm-hmm. out to the UK and back again, escaped the worst of what was happening that week. But by the time I got back to Keplavik, <laughs> my car was glued. To the ground. It
1: was just unbelievable, wasn't it? It It's
0: crazy because there was, obviously, you know, the snow had had fallen and then blown under the car and then thawed and then frozen solid again. So my car was completely stuck, completely stuck. And it took us, uh, I say us, myself and a wonderful person working at Keplavik who came out with a couple of shovels and we were there for an hour hacking the ice and snow away from the car. So, yes, I did get stuck a bit.
1: A nightmare. (laughs) Well, I was trying to get back to the UK for... Christmas with my family mm. and it was the the morning of the huge snowfall and i think that's the thing as well to be fair to the to the authorities and those trying to deal with these conditions the thing that made it so challenging in particular was that it had been very very cold but very very dry with no snowfall and then it all just came at once so that that morning trying to get to the airport before the road closed got there and then spent nine hours in the airport waiting for a flight so yeah i would certainly like to see there be less chaos i'd like
0: less chaos and i'd also i don't know whether it's possible to You know, clamp down on one of the problems, again, the one, as I say, that we saw last week. When the wind speed is of a certain strength, it it becomes impossible to drive the air bridges and the steps up to the airplane. It's legally not possible to do so. I mean, is it possible to get these planes into a hangar or something? Where where people don't have to spend five or six hours waiting for the wind to die down. I
1: mean, it might sound a bit ridiculous to be complaining about these things. We live in Iceland. We love it. We've made it our home. We know the consequences of that. But at the same time, it's a country that does present these weather conditions again and again and again. And if you would like there to be functioning infrastructure during those times... Then certain th- solutions need to be thought of. Yeah, Things but, need to be put in place. But there is all
0: kind of mitigation Absolutely. of the, the weather in in Iceland, in in lots of other fields, lots of other areas. So uh, again, it's not impossible. It's not beyond the wit of man or woman, is it? To at least have a conversation about some <laughs> possible <laughs> ideas. Well, I'm
1: I'm going to be following this one closely and and see what kind of solutions are are thought of and coming to the table. And I hope they they come up with some really novel ones and creatively we'll We'll see if we can get through the next whatever the next chaos is volcano uh,
0: well you'll... yeah, and well, let's talk about volcanoes because of course you and your uh, erstwhile grapevine colleagues uh-huh. um, I think it's fair to say you were all really enjoying providing the coverage that you did, you know, um, some of which was you know, absolutely stunning. um do you miss those days of the volcano? <sighs>
1: It's You know, it's a hard one to answer. It was such a blur. You're so tired trying to provide that level of kind of constant coverage. And the thing that I think we forgot and people forgot was the amount of hiking involved. Yeah. I mean, we were so... I'm bothered <laughs> previous editor in chief, he was so fit and how Polly, our our mascot, our wee dog, yeah. was was doing it alongside as well. I've no idea. She was an absolute trooper. But it was so exciting. And, you know, with all things like this that involved nature one of the most thr- thrilling parts is you never know what's going to happen next yeah. and when it will end. And so you're just trying to you know, soak up as much of it as you can.
0: Well, I know last week when uh, Valor, the aforementioned Valor, who's now a colleague here at Rove, when he joined me as the guest on the podcast.
1: Yeah, well done for putting up with <laughs>
0: <you>. <laughs> <laughs> So many messages. Um, well, two strands to the messages. Messages from people saying, great to hear Valor again. Yeah. But where's Polly? I know. And and if you heard the podcast you you'll have heard Valour say that he he thought we were recording on Tuesday not Monday and he'd planned to bring <laughs> polly on the tuesday but then met me in the office oh okay we're doing that today then i don't have polly with me so trust me nobody was more disappointed than i was
1: we'll we'll definitely have to get her back on she's an excellent contributor to podcasts she does a lot of sighing if you're going on too much (laughs) about a certain topic so she's an editor then she had yeah she was i mean she was officially the chief of morale Mm. officer but uh she did a lot more than that. She really ran the ship from the, the ground up, I would say. Yeah.
0: Josie, thanks so much for your time today. Have you had a good Easter?
1: I've you? had a lovely Easter, Darren, and it's all the better for being on here with you. Oh, that's I funny. hope you'll have me back one day. Without
0: question, without question, let us make a plan to do precisely that. I had my first Icelandic, or we had our first Icelandic Easter egg this year.
1: Oh, they're very exciting.
0: They are lots of stuff inside them. Yes, and also the little um, saying. Yeah. Do you, do you remember what yours was?
1: I don't remember what mine was. I, I also I was in the UK last the week yeah. before, and I I brought uh, ones to my parents as well, who were also thrilled, very excited. And I remember my dad's was something about a shark doesn't have sharp skin or something like that. We were pondering that for ages. Even once we translated the words, (laughs) the meaning was really lost on us. Well, I
0: got something, uh, or or we got something, like all fires burn out eventually. Oof. Which is a reason not to have a fire brigade. (laughs) We don't need a fire brigade, we just need patience. And I'm not sure that was what the intention of the aphorism was.
1: What a hot take. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys.
0: Literally a very hot take. Oh, dear. I think it is fair to say. Enough of the puns. Josie, thanks very much indeed, Josie Gatons formerly of the Reykjavik Grapevine. We play out today uh, with a piece of, me- piece of music entirely of my choosing, one of the perks of getting to sit in this chair. So let's have a listen to Sama Othegit from Ivar Bjarklind. Uh, also on this, Ori Harderson and Birger Balderson as well. Hope you enjoy this. It's the Roof English Podcast. My name is Darren Adam. You can get in touch anytime on email. We are english at RUV.IS. Find us on Twitter and on Facebook as well. <laughs>
2: How did, led in, din a We must first with me. Mer bio las lös ljós, fiat Takkst haf ég í dvala, lautum djú fradala, litla hjarta mið. Mér býst að föndra mér fyrr, með frómur neið þó heldur hér. Og næsta bóður í nafla skoður. San répti við hornir Samo dei fui querer a leita a tié tava leita a tié já vai que para ti ainda corvo svo er skulda rá Gælið í glössu með samó To the roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.